0: hello and welcome to resourceful stories from the site proudly brought to you by resources unearthed at resources unearthed we help executives professionals and business owners in mining and resources to be successful both personally and professionally we've created this podcast to help you in your employment or business and we'll be chatting to people who have a proven track record of success in the industry thanks for joining us In order to achieve your career goals in the mining and resources industry, it's necessary to move where the opportunities present themselves. This can cause quite a strain on your relationships, friendships, and your health. Throughout the resourceful podcast series thus far, we've heard from the engineers whose careers have caused this shift and the ways they have been directly affected. Today, we're diving into another episode focused on families to gain insight into how the lives of our loved ones are affected. We're joined by Tricia Moreland, partner to Richard, who we've previously had the pleasure of interviewing on the podcast. In fact, Richard's episode is our most downloaded episode so far, and we're sure Trisha would be up for a little bit of healthy competition to knock him off the top spot. With a focus on teamwork, communication and open-mindedness, it's clear that Trisha and Richard have made the most out of every opportunity. With every move, Tricia has emphasised how important it was for her to feel as if she had her own identity, her own agenda, and to fully immerse herself in the communities they moved to. This has seen Richard and Tricia make many valuable friendships throughout their lives and happily call Yellowknife home.
1: Hi, my name is Brett Cripp, Managing Director and Founder of Resources on Earth and welcome to Resourceful Stories from the Site. Today I'm joined by Tricia Moreland. I met Tricia through my work with Richard some 20 years ago in Mount Isa, where we worked together for 10 years. Today's the second episode in something a little different for Resourceful, something that's often on the minds of those in the mining and resources industry is our partners and their experiences. We all know what a huge impact our partners have on our lives, both professionally and personally. And we all know the difficult impact the career and mining and resources can have on our family. In this industry, we're used to regularly moving to remote and far away places with our partners and children leaving behind the support network of extended families. The subsequent life experiences can be many and varied, reflecting the change felt often in multiple areas of life. This episode explores how people can adjust and cope with change their experiences supporting one another and how we can all learn from each other to make these experiences better, all from the perspective of someone who has first-hand experience. So wherever you are, sit back, relax and enjoy this episode of Resourceful with some of Trisha's most memorable family stories from the site. Welcome Trisha and thanks for joining us today.
2: Thank you, you're welcome.
1: So to begin with Trish, could you tell us how and when you became exposed to the mining and resource industry and what your background or field was?
2: So I was first exposed to the mining industry when I met Richard. Uh, I met him when we were just finishing our university degrees and as it turns out we met in Mount Isa. My parents were living there at the time and Richard and I both had uh, jobs with Mount Isa Mines, a student vacation program. I was actually doing a Bachelor of Science and I was majoring in microbiology I was going back to university to do my honours year, and Richard was also going back to do his honours year. Yeah, and I ended up working in um, hospitals, in pathology laboratories uh, as a medical microbiologist, and uh, then I sort of learned as I went along and branched into the biochemistry, serology, all that sort of thing.
1: So Trish, you and Richard have lived in some remote places away from Capital Cities. What has your experience been like going from living and working in Outback Australia from places like Mount Isa and Cobar to one of the coldest and most remote areas on the planet?
2: Well, I loved living in Outback Australia. I do actually prefer to live in a smaller town. I find that the people are very friendly. Um, There's a lot of opportunities for families. We really don't feel that we missed out on anything by living in those outback communities. The only thing I don't miss now was the heat. I did not do well with heat. And I have to say that now living in Canada, I'm really enjoying the cooler weather. Uh, We're loving the snow. And where we live in Canada is, um, it's kind of very similar to Mount Isa, but it's Mount Isa in the snow. The size is about the same, the amenities are actually a little better mm-hmm. because Yellowknife is a capital city, it's the capital of the Northwest Territories, so we have a lot of entertainment, we have a, we really don't lack like anything and I've discovered it's much easier to deal with minus 35 than plus 35 <laughs> with humidity, yeah you just add more layers and you're good, so yeah, you know, I really enjoy it.
1: Maybe a little bit about other things around, Tricia, what what your experience with Richard progressing through his various roles and sites, anything local or otherwise, and any impact on the children or yourself around around those sorts of things and experiences you've had in that area?
2: No, I've found that once you do move to the different communities and different towns within the mining industry, people are very welcoming, very friendly. And when you do move, they make sure that you're included and that you feel welcomed. And that's been everywhere we've lived, everywhere in Australia. Uh, To when we moved to Yellowknife, again, the people in the mining industry welcomed us as family and made sure that we understood what the town was like and gave us some clues and hints about how to make life easier and all the things we needed to know. And that's just something that we've really enjoyed about living in the mining community is it is like a family. It is like your extended family. And we have found that we now have a wonderful network around town around town sorry around the world with all the different people we've met and the children have learned to fit in they've learned through different sporting events that they've been involved in different activities that they've been involved in and uh, the different schools they've they've been really good sports and they've just learned to fit into where we've moved and of course because we've moved I found that children are always interested in children from somewhere else that have a different story and I'd have to say they really never, ever had problems finding friends or fitting in. So we were very lucky in that respect.
1: They've grown up in Canada and places like that and now they're now they're married in Canada. And yes, they're...
2: they have. Two of our children have married Canadians. So mm. we now have a Canadian daughter-in-law and a Canadian son-in-law. And our daughter-in-law is uh, from the Northwest Territories as well and she's from a family that have lived in the area for many generations. So, we're finding that through marriage, we're now related to a lot of the locals in the NWT. So, we feel like we belong there, well and truly.
1: <laughs> it sounds like maybe one of the products of all of this is children who are maybe more adaptable and flexible in what they do. Well, they. Yeah. Potentially people who have in a capital city all their lives and don't move?
2: Actually, yes, uh, I think they are actually, knowing some people that have uh, grown up in the city with their children in the city. But it's it's to a, a limit, they have their limit. And I know that with the number of moves we did, they were getting to the stage where they really didn't want to move again. They had made some good friendships, they were happy where they were, and uh, yeah, they were, they were done moving. But yeah, it has taught them to um, be a bit more sociable, I think.
1: And would you say, Tricia, anywhere along the way where you've had any more challenges that were more significant than expected or less significant than expected?
2: I think it became an issue when the children were in high school and uh, we really didn't want to be moving around while they were getting their high school education. Mm. Uh, So that did make us think about whether or not we should move again. And ultimately that was why we decided to stay in Canada. Number one, we loved it, but we had a really, really good excuse because at the time Richard was, um, he was offered jobs back in Australia, but we had our middle son going into grade 12. And that wasn't a good time to be moving. And we just decided we loved life in Yellowknife and that's where we wanted to stay. But for the most part, there were never any real challenges with the children, what they did. No, it was all good.
1: And is there anything you'd say uh, that you enjoyed most about you and your family's journey along the way with the career moves and anything?
2: There was. It was just that the career moves took us to some really interesting places. The children are now quite adventurous. They've all been overseas on their own without mum and dad to organise things for them. And I think they've taken a lot of their childhood experiences into adulthood from that they're able to fit in find their way around we don't feel we have to baby them and lead them by the hand they're uh, they're good to go <laughs> yeah
1: so moving on in a little bit of a different direction now could you tell our listeners a bit more about what you're doing now
2: well along the journey i changed careers and that was personal choice that was really nothing to do with the mining industry it would have happened that way anyway so i went from working as a medical scientist a microbiologist to after we had children it was my choice to let that go and look for something that was more in line with uh, the children and their schedules and that's where i ended up working in schools and um, repurposed myself you might say yes, yes. to an educator which I just loved. I loved working with the children and I had opportunities in every town that we moved to to do that so I was able to form my own life along the way. It wasn't as though I was going as an attachment to Richard. I was able to make my own way doing my own thing and then when we moved to Canada uh, the opportunity arose to try a few different things and where I'm at now Because we've kind of moved into, uh, the children are off our hands and Richard and I are really looking at more a retirement, to semi-retirement phase of life, it's allowed me to do what I've always wanted to do. I've always had a love of sewing and so I took that love of sewing and turned it into a home-based business that fulfills my passion for sewing and being creative, I can create my own, uh, you know, designs and um, pieces of clothing. And uh, I can just be happy in that. So Yeah, yeah
1: it's interesting. It's like uh, Richard's famous hedgehog story to me. It is. So, yes.
2: Yeah. 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 We are exactly where we decided we wanted to be. When we first got married, we sat down and we talked about how we thought life would evolve for us. We worked out that someone was going to have to make sacrifices career-wise. Mm. But as it turned out, the first few places we moved, I had very good jobs in my career. I was lucky enough that I didn't have to make those sacrifices, but we knew when the day came, we'd worked out and discussed that it would be me that would change to fit in with what Richard was doing. It just made more sense for our lives and where we wanted to get to in our lives. So I was happy with that, and he was really thankful. Like he's always expressed such gratitude that i accommodated his career but to me it wasn't a problem i, I was very happy to do yeah. it yeah the hedgehog absolutely we followed a path that got us to where we are right now doing the things that we love right now
1: yeah yeah it's interesting it's really um been a great experience for me learning that hedgehog things from richard over time so, mm-hmm. and we've spoken about it on multiple episodes mm-hmm. over time
2: well our life has been common purpose We have always worked as a team to achieve what is best for Team Moreland, I guess. We've never had any doubt that we were working together to get to a place together.
1: So speaking about your personal and family life, what advice would you give to a younger version of
2: yourself? I really don't know, that's a difficult question because I've always been happy with any decisions that I made. Um, Maybe when I was younger I wasn't as forthcoming with all of my needs. Maybe I would go back to my younger self and just say, you make sure you speak up, don't hold things in if there's something that you're not happy about or something that you're concerned about. Just speak up upfront about it and really make sure that Richard understands how I feel.
1: Is there anything you'd sort of articulate now to say what are some of the key things that you've done along the way that have helped you both enjoy what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And
2: well, I think probably the most important thing is open-mindedness and to know that things aren't always going to go exactly as you planned and you have to be flexible. You really do have to learn to cope with unexpected things that come up because they will come up. Life never goes according to plan. Uh, So flexibility is very important. And just listening, listening to your children, listening to your husband, and really making sure that you understand what they're saying and that they understand what you're saying. Communication is incredibly important. So that'd be the two really big things is flexibility and communication. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. You're now running a business called Tiger Blossom. Could you tell our listeners a bit more about that and or, or some information that may be of interest to our listeners in that area?
2: No, well, I'd really love to. So how Tiger Blossom All came about was, it was my love of sewing. I have always been creative, love to sew, and uh, it was really funny how it came to me. It just came as this full idea that incorporated my love of sewing my love of living in the north of canada my love of the people in the north of canada and i wanted to do something that could help the northern communities in the north there's not a lot of opportunity available to people who live in the far northern communities and in particular the indigenous people that live up there so trapping trading furs has always been really important to them And unfortunately, the fashion industry has really stigmatized fur. And I just wanted to do something in support of the northern communities and their reliance on fur as an economic driver and the cultural importance that it has for their communities. Because there's nothing else they can do. They don't have agriculture and farming. They don't even have a lot of mining anymore because a lot of that's being closed off to them. But this is one thing that has for, even since Europeans came to Canada, been important to them. I wanted to incorporate that with my love of sewing. So I chose something really out there and random that you just can't buy, but they're so awesome that I believe everyone should have one. I make capes. And I make capes for all occasions and all seasons, Uh, you know, just a bit of everything. And for the heavier winter weight capes, I'm incorporating the naturally harvested Canadian fur as a way of helping these northern communities. I absolutely make sure I avoid any of the farmed furs as i'm not at all interested in that and i actually ethically don't agree with it but for the naturally harvested fur yes that's what i want to use so i just mostly put them around the neckline and around the hoods i do them for weddings i do them for just day-to-day wear I do some beautiful brocade ones that are more evening wear, but then I also do much lighter weight ones that are perfect for a summer evening if you're out, gets a little cool. Lots and lots of different things. So I chose this very niche market because it's just me sewing and I don't know that I want to expand into a huge business or anything like that at this yeah. stage of my yeah. life. It's just me and I, cho- I chose something that I knew I'd be able to cope with, with the demand and what's happening. and. Uh, It is. I had a pretty busy month last month, but it was okay. (laughs) I managed to keep up with everything. I'm just really excited about it all, and it's starting to gain some traction now. And the name Tiger Blossom, the tiger is the vegetative zone where we live. It's the zone between the boreal forest, you know, the lovely tall uh, fir tree forests, and the tundra where you have no trees, you have yeah. the lower vegetation. The tigers, this little zone in the middle where trees struggle to grow and they have so much character and they look kind of spindly and awkward, but I just love them. They they have their own natural wild beauty. And mm. so that's where the name came from, the tiger and the blossom, because I believe what I'm making, they're just beautiful blossoms and you put a cape on and you feel special. That's all I you put it on and you just feel special. So that's what I'm doing and where it came from.
1: And so uh, would there be anything you've, you would say that you've learnt from your time in mining and resources in places like that, mm. that you're using in running the business now?
2: Yeah, the communication skills, I think, because when you move around so much, you have to learn to introduce yourself and get on. So communication skills, um, I think that's the most important one. Patience. You know, patience is really important when you set up a business too. You really can't jump in and expect everything to be perfect. And for me, what I realise is you've got to grow at a certain pace. You know, I don't want to grow too big too fast. But no, the mining industry um, is full of very, very interesting people and I think it taught me that we're all different, the world is full of very different people. And that's why I wasn't afraid to choose such a niche little market because I know that there are people out there that like that sort yeah. of thing. And I've met people out there that I know like that sort of thing. It's been so wonderful in the mining industry to meet such diverse people culturally and, uh, you know, through all different facets. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's It's been really good. I, I am every day thankful that... I've been a part of it. It's really allowed many opportunities that I don't think I'd have had if I just stayed working in the one place, in the one job my whole life. The experiences that we've had, the places that we've seen, and the people that we met have all been made possible by my husband being in the mining industry.
1: Yeah, yeah, and traveling to those places. So to finish off with Trish, could you tell us a bit bit about something your most memorable or funniest story from your journey as a family or all over the globe what what, what would you tell us about that
2: there have been so many memorable experiences i say well, because of richard and the work he's had we've had the opportunity to travel to some amazing places some of the times that i really remember it was just the two of us when he was working for glencore their head office was in switzerland mm. so on two occasions I actually had the opportunity to travel to Switzerland with him and that was amazing. I really enjoyed being able to just go there and it was the first time I actually explored overseas by myself because you know he was off doing his work thing so I was out doing my own exploring. So that was a big thing to me to be on my own in this foreign place and finding yeah. my way around. If I met A young person today who had a spouse in the mining industry Mm. especially if they were city-based and they'd never moved out of the city because I have found that a lot of the people I've met in my life they're very oh no I couldn't live in the country I couldn't live in a mining community I couldn't live without all of the amenities that are available in in the city I think my advice to them would be if you enter it with an open mind and be prepared to become a part of the community and become involved in the community, you might just surprise yourself with what these mining communities have to offer. Life in these communities is very rich, very full, and even if you're scared about leaving your comfort zone in the city to go out, number one, it's gonna make your spouse happy if they can work where they need to be. Mm Number two, as a family, you can all be together. You're not going to be living one place while your spouse is flying in and out to another place. You can all stay together as a family and have a wonderful family life. And just be brave and take on that experience. Just go because, yeah, you will surprise yourself if you have an open mind.
1: Yeah, I know. I would certainly say that uh, the the decade that I spent in Mount Isa was a an amazing experience mm-hmm. and, and lots of different people you meet and people are always open to share with you and mm-hmm. spend time and there's always someone looking to do something. Yes. You know, often in the city you'll get isolated from all those mm. things and you don't get to experience that.
2: Very much so. The, the thing that I love about mining communities is that you make your own fun you have to make your own entertainment you know you get people together you organize things and it's very personal whereas in a city everything's laid on for you it's you know will we go to this which was already organized for us or will we go to that event that's already been pre-organized all we need to do is buy tickets i think it makes you very lazy and maybe because in these mining communities you've been a part of organizing the social events or you know getting together with friends and discussing It means more to you. And I just found that life was richer in these communities than in a city where you can be surrounded by people and yet really feel very lonely.
1: Well, thanks, Tricia, for joining us today and for giving our listeners a different perspective into life in the mining and resources industry. Mm -hmm. It's been great to have you here, especially in person, and I thank you very much for sharing your stories with us today.
2: You're very welcome. It's been wonderful. Thank
1: you. For those listening, if you'd like to speak to Tricia, you're more than welcome to connect with Tricia's business on Facebook. Just search Tiger Blossom. It's spelled T-A-I-G-A, Blossom. So thanks for joining us today, Tricia.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Resourceful, stories from the site. We'll be back in a month with more tips and insight from our other industry leaders. We'd love to connect with you. You can find us on all the usual social channels and our website, resourcesunearthed.com.au. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favourite platform so you never miss an episode.